Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. Don Moore is a speech-language pathologist in private practice in North Carolina. After spending 15 years in the school, she decided to start her private practice. One of the cool things that Dawn talks about in this episode is utilizing SLPAs in her practice. As you listen to this episode, there are times when Dawn mentions challenges associated with private practice. But keep in mind that everything is figureoutable, and when you hit a roadblock, which you will, it's worth trying to figure out a way around it and keep moving forward. So with no further ado, here's Dawn. So before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your business? All right, great. Um, my name is Dawn Moore, and I am a speech-language pathologist and certified oral facial myologist in Burlington, North Carolina. And our private practice is called Expression, Speech, Language, and Myofunctional Center. Fantastic. So, you know, I certainly know you from, you know, the internet, but we haven't gotten to actually uh, meet before. So this is very exciting. And so before we get into kind of, you know, what you're up to now, can you take our listeners back to the beginning of your career as a speech pathologist and, you know, what you were doing then and then when you started to think about private practice? Okay, sure. Um, So I started in the schools and actually in grad school knew that that's all I wanted to do. (laughs) That was that was my goal, and that's where I ended up. And I spent 15 years uh, working in the schools of North Carolina, both as a clinician and as a lead speech language pathologist in a couple of different districts. And uh, really did enjoy that. But it just, you know, there's things that kind of lead you down certain roads. And there was a couple things, actually three, that happened in succession, and was just kind of leading me down a different path. And at that point, and it wasn't like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm like ready, I'm gonna do this private practice thing. It, it didn't kind of happen that way. It was just kind of like, okay, here's the signs, let's follow them. And so, so that's kind of kind of how I ended up in private practice. My husband is a speech language pathology assistant and SLPA. 
Uh, so he graduated um, with that certification in 2013. And I had been working part time in the schools at that point and started working on my private practice part time when he started going to school. And so it was once he graduated and we were ready to kind of launch a little bit full time, just a couple of different things happened. And it was like, okay, I guess this is time, time to leave the schools, which was, was shocking. And, and, you know, the only setting I'd ever known and was kind of, kind of a little disconcerting at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it happens, right. Sometimes life kind of prepares you gradually and sometimes, you know, not right. But I right. think that, you know, that's great that you like had like kind of a, a next plan, like at least a little bit underway if you were if you were doing it on the side and you had your first, I don't know, employee, partner, whatever you want to call the role that your husband fulfilled. Um, so what was that transition like from working in the schools to working in private practice? Uh, I think because I, the first couple of years I was doing a little bit part-time, it wasn't anything, you know, I only had two, three um, patients or whatnot. So it wasn't anything crazy, but once he graduated, we actually hired a, another speech assistant too, and they were both starting to work, but then she ended up having to move. And that was one of the things that was kind of like, okay, like now we got nobody to see these kids. And, and it was, you know, okay, I guess it's time for me to, to step up and, and start seeing them. So at the beginning, it was hard. Um, we didn't get paid for six months because we couldn't figure out the billing in North Carolina. And it wasn't until we actually got their bill, um, our EMR, that we got paid. Um, so, you know, luckily I was still working in the schools and, and had other things um, going that we were still having an income because that part was, that was shocking. I, I wasn't prepared for that at all. <laughs> yeah. But you figured it out somehow, right? Or Therabill helped you figure it out. Right. And so I think that that, that is one of the things that can happen, right? Is it, there is a learning curve to learn how to get reimbursed, you know, through insurance, Medicaid, it, there is a learning curve, everybody. Yeah, there is. And and that was shocking to me because I just, I didn't know it. And the biggest part was just getting that CMS 1500, that claim form filled out right. And we, no matter what I did, <laughs> I couldn't do that. And once I did with, I signed up with Airbill, it was the first time it was finally submitted and, and processed correctly. So, um, so Airbill kind of saved us a little bit there. <laughs> Well, that's great, right? That also shows that like everything is figure outable. Sometimes it might take longer um, than you think, but you know you were you were able to persist and you know figure it out. And so, um, so kind of what happened next? Tell, tell everybody the story of how how you like kind of started and then started to grow. So, so after I I did leave the schools um, and started with my husband in the practice, we were doing everything ourselves. You know, we were doing the intake, we were getting the doctor's orders. We were doing the billing and and it was hard at the beginning when we weren't getting paid and then it finally started working. But it was the amount of time, the the behind the scenes work, which a lot of people know if they've been in private practice, if they don't know that there is so much behind the scenes work that you don't get paid for. And that was that was hard to to do. And I had to do a lot of that because I understood about the speech things that my husband didn't understand about being assistant versus an SLP and working with the codes and all of those type of things. So some of that, a lot of that fell to me um, to kind of get together and, and figure out. And, um, but once we did, um, once we did start to figure it out, we actually ended up hiring one of our parents to mm-hmm. assist us in the office uh, because she was actually in school for medical coding. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, these people are always put in your path of, you know, here's somebody that can help. And, and she did at, the beginning, it was really great to be able to have somebody to take that burden off of our shoulders a little bit so that we could begin to grow. 
And I hear that a lot that people end up hiring a parent, right? Because it's like the parent is kind of there, they're familiar with you, you're familiar with them. And then oftentimes people do just kind of randomly come into your path and like how great that, you know, she had some experience with, you know, medical coding and everything. So it sounds like that worked out pretty well. Yeah, it did. It did. It worked out pretty well for a couple of years. And then uh, as we got bigger, we ended up, um, she ended up moving on to other things. We found somebody else and that was probably and continues to be now, we, we've been very fortunate, but that office help, that front office help, that billing help is by far one of the hardest things to uh, staff. <laughs> and and it took probably six years before we found somebody that is actually stuck. And not only that, but really will work hard to figure things out for us when things aren't going well, as far as reimbursement. And North Carolina just entered into managed care in July of this year. And so that process has been just an absolute nightmare. And thank God that she's she's really worked through a lot of that for us. So so it's it's been great when you do find that person, but that time in between, it's just it can be it can be really hard, really challenging. Yeah, absolutely. I get it. Um, tell everyone about the types of clients that you see through your practice. So we are mainly pediatric and it's uh, birth of three, but, but we see kids beyond three years old and pretty much um, 18 and up, you know, or up to 18, but I do my functional therapy too. And I'm the only one in the practice that does that. And so that is adults as well. So that's opened up a, a little bit of a new avenue for us, but that part of the, the practice is, is private pay and it's not through insurance. So, um, so it's a different, a little bit different ball game in terms of, reimbursement, um, getting people on board to understand the benefit of that type of therapy and working a lot with a referral network. And that's that's been one of the hardest things to get up and running. But it's very rewarding when when we do see progress with with these kids and adults and, and they kind of have those aha moments of, oh, my gosh, this is why I've had this pain or this is why this has happened or this is why I'm I'm here and and why I need these braces and all these things that have happened to them. So um, so that part has been has been great. Yeah, that sounds great, right? Whenever you find clients that, you know, can truly benefit from your services and they feel good and you feel good, it's a win-win for everybody. It really is. Yeah. Okay. Um, another question that people love to hear from is where you like, where do you get most of your referrals from? Everyone is always curious about marketing and, and how that comes to be. So, so where do most of your referrals come from? So we were very fortunate being in, in Burlington and in North Carolina where we are because there was no brick and mortar practice here. And really the only one here was the hospital. So we were fortunate in that respect that we were the first ones to open. And in that, working with the Birth of Three Agency, which here is called the CDSA, they were the ones that did a lot of referrals for us, uh, especially at the beginning. But then as our name got out there, then the doctor's offices, you know, found us and we found them and started calling them and letting them know, hey, you know, we've got openings and vice versa. And so uh, just reaching out to them has been great. We really, uh, knock on wood, haven't had to do a whole lot of marketing because of that and because of the location that we're in. Uh, there's such a great need here. So we haven't had to spend a whole lot of time doing that marketing piece, which has just freed us up to, to see more kids. And, you know, we that's a great thing because there is such a need here. So that's been that's been an amazing process for us. And how many people do you have, you know, on your team at this point? Six SLPs and we wow. have seven SLPAs. Uh, and in North Carolina, we have two SLPA programs that certify speech assistants and our speeches, most of them until they change the rules this year, most of them have come out of school with 230 clinical hours 
which is, you know, half of what SLPs have, which is amazing. And so our SLPs are are very highly trained and amazing. And we've been very fortunate with having uh, them to be able to work in the practice. But not only that, just to help out with with the caselets, because the number of kids in this area that need services and the number of providers are very limited. So, so it's been it's been great to be able to grow the practice with not just SLPs, but SLPAs too, and what they bring to the table as well. Yeah, I love hearing that too, because, you know, different states just have different, you know, uh, either amounts of SLPAs or different, you know, ideas about SLPAs, right? There was a podcast episode I did, I'll link it up in the show notes, um, of someone in Texas who also started her private practice using um, a lot of SLPAs. You, you can make it work. And again, you can make it work for everybody, right? You can make it work for them as professionals, for your clients, for you, for your business. Like, right. I think it, it can be great for everybody. Yeah, it really is. But I think the the thing that a lot of people don't realize about speech assistance, even ours who are really highly trained and come out with such practical knowledge, to be honest, more practical knowledge than I did when I graduated with my master's degree, because they are geared towards like doing the therapy immediately. And, and that that's their focus. And so that's been that was an amazing part of learning about what they did. Uh, but it is a it is a process and it is something that you have to stay on top of you, you really have to train them, you have to train them well. And you want to make sure that they're learning as you're learning. And I think some of the things that I see with speech assistance is it's just like, here, here's the kids, I'm not going to really spend any time with you or do anything with you. And to be honest, I saw that in the schools as well, because that's where I had my first speech assistant, I hired my first one in the school system. And there's a lot of work that goes into that. And it's not just this person that comes out and just do everything that you can do. It's you know, you need to train them and you need to figure out how to work together and communicate well, because, you know, they they are going to be carrying out that plan you've set up. So you want to make sure that they're being able to do that well, but you have to communicate well with them. And, you know, we've had some really, really great ones, ones that just haven't worked out, hasn't been a good fit for us or them. And, you know, that's just how it goes with anybody in this type of setting. But we have a really great team and, and really uh, some just amazing um, SLPAs that we're really proud of and our SLPs too. So it's, it's been great. And we just, we're really pleased with the team that we've been able to, to foster here. Yeah. I will. I love hearing that. Right. So what's, what's next for your practice, right? We're, we're in a, a weird, you know, time, like, you know, we're in uh kind of late uh, 2021 at the time of this recording. So what do you, what do you foresee for your practice? Like for the next like six months to a year? Well, the the biggest hurdle that we we faced this year, besides COVID, uh, was getting through managed care and getting that up and running. Uh, getting and we have five managed care companies here, so we had to learn to uh, do prior authorizations with them, do billing with them. Uh, so that has been just you know an absolute nightmare. And uh, we're hopefully coming out of the other side of that. But as soon as you think you're on top of it, then all of a sudden you know Healthy Blue stops paying or Carolina Complete decides they're not going to pay anymore because they decided that you're using the wrong code all of a sudden, you know, it's those random things that just kind of keep you awake at night. But once hopefully we're going to get through that, but then our next big hurdle is to, to negotiate with these companies because next year the the rate ceiling is uh, not in effect anymore. You know, they agreed upon current rate won't be effect next July. So we have to work to do a lot of advocacy and, and just, lobbying, I guess, and being proactive with working with these managed care companies to get them to understand how valuable our services are, how much they're needed, and that we need them as much as they need us. And <laughs> so that's going to be that's going to be a big part of what we do for the next year to especially the next six months or so to to make sure that once that comes around in July, that we're really prepared for that process. 
Well, that makes sense. And that sounds like a huge hurdle to be facing. And, you know, I know a lot of um, private practitioners who happen to be in North Carolina, and I've heard a lot about this whole process. And so I definitely hope that y'all can figure out how to help them keep your reimbursement higher because you obviously need it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's it's. I know it's going to be hard in an uphill battle, but you know a lot of other states have done it, and we we're actually talking with a lot of other uh, states that have gone through it to to get information from them and you know learn from what they did, and hopefully we can apply it here as well. Uh, right now, for a lot of us, it's it's literally day by day. <laughs> Just <laughs> let's see if we can get through the day and you know get paid, keep the lights on. You know that that's the goal. So. It is, you know, mid-September already, which is just absolutely hard to believe that it's it's this late um, already. And and things are going pretty well for us. And we're just keeping our fingers crossed that they continue to do that and for everybody else as we move forward. Do you have any last minute words of wisdom or, you know, lessons that you've learned over the years that you would like to share with our listeners? Oh, wow. I, I guess I've been very fortunate because I do have my husband who's working in the private practice with me. And that, that can be both, you know, a blessing and a curse because, <laughs> you know, you're never you're, you're working together. So that's hard, you know, to not have that separation. Um, but that's been a great thing. So I think just having that support system in place is is one of the things that was so important for us, you know, moving forward, growing the practice to what we have grown it into. And I think if we hadn't had that, that would have it would have been a very different picture than what it is now. Uh, and that's hard for people, you know, and that's the scary part is going out on your own is, you know, that if you don't have that support system, then it's you're just questioning yourself. And we do that anyway. Uh, but you're just questioning yourself. And I think that keeps people from moving forward. And that's that's the hard part. And I see you talking about that online a lot, you know, where, you know, sometimes we just have to get out of our own way, you know, to be like to, to make take that step. And that's the hard thing is to to have that confidence in yourself, you know, and people talk a lot about the imposter syndrome, you know, like, I really don't know what I'm doing. And this is and it, it's like anything else, fake it till you make it and, and it'll be okay. Because I know I did that when I first got out of school, you know, I thought thought I knew what I was doing, got in schools. And I'm like, God, I really don't know what I'm doing. But you figure it out and you move forward and it and it works out. Um, but, you know, having that support system, having um, a spouse or a partner or, or even partner in your practice. I know a lot of people partner together and, and that makes them, you know, even different disciplines, which is amazing, you know, then that helps them kind of not only grow the practice in their own field, but then add um, the, the sister fields and as well. And it really helps them to grow in different ways. And we've never added any other uh, discipline just because it's not really anything I was interested in. I feel like I have enough on my plate with speech. <laughs> so we haven't, we haven't added anything at this point uh, and probably won't. Uh, so speech is pretty much where we're staying and then the myofunctional therapy as well. And we're really excited to grow that practice uh, over the next year as well, too. That's fantastic. Well, like you said earlier, there's a lot there's a huge need in your area. So, you know, keep doing what you can do to grow your practice, you know, to be filling it. Right. Um, right. Where can listeners learn more about you and your practice and everything else? Oh, well, we have we have a lot of things going on, <laughs> a lot of different irons in the fire. So um, so we have our website, which is expressionspeech.com, and we offer a lot of free resources on there. And we also have our online store that we offer some paid resources just to kind of pay for the website because, you know, how expensive that can be. Uh, and that helps support that. But then we also do we became a ASHA CE provider. So that was one of the things that came out of the pandemic. I finally finished that process, which was uh, really lengthy, really expensive, continues to be expensive. So 
but we are able to offer our seminars now for, for ASHA CEUs, which is just awesome because a lot of people want that. And so um, our seminar site is expressionseminars.com and it has uh, recorded seminars on there, which is great because then you have a week to, to watch them on your own time and you can, but still get the ASHA CEUs. So that was one of the things that we really were excited to be able to finally offer last year. And then we also do live seminars too. Uh, so we're working with a lot of different school districts, a lot of private practices, a lot of speech associations, getting ready to do one for Alabama, for Birmingham um, in a couple of weeks online. And, and so we're doing a lot of those as well. And that's been great. The internet, you know, with the all the online, we've been doing online seminars probably for about, you know, before it was cool, six years ago. So, uh, so you know, now everybody's doing it. And now I'm to the point where it's like, God, I just want to go back in person for a little bit, you know, and, and just do something, something face to face with some people. And we're getting back into that a little bit, which is, which is nice. But but we do have the seminars online and we, we can offer those to, to schools, to private practices, anybody that, that is interested in doing them. And we're going to get ready to do another live um, or fish myology and tongue tie one come probably mid-October. And we offer them on a Saturday. We're going to offer this one on a Saturday so that people don't have to take a day off work, which um, people really like. <laughs> it makes it easier for everybody to get some CEUs. Absolutely. Well, that's so great to hear too, that, you know, you're able to offer these, you know, courses and programs and whatnot to help, you know, other providers, right? So not only are you helping local people in your area who need services, you know, people who are um, employed by you, like you help them, you know, in that way, and then also being able to help other clinicians. I think, I think that's fantastic. Um, So thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you for being on the show, Don. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So in the interview, Don talked about her path to private practice how she got started, how she grew, and some challenges that she's faced along the way. Private practice is challenging. If it was easy street all the time, everyone would do it. The difference in who is successful in private practice and who isn't is whether or not you let the roadblocks derail you and give up versus persisting and keeping moving forward. One of the best ways to be successful in private practice is to make sure that you have a network of people who can support you. That is exactly what my programs offer, information and a community of like-minded private practitioners who are at a similar level to you to help you navigate the bumps and celebrate the wins. Private practice can be hard and can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. To learn more about how I support private practitioners at all levels of private practice, visit independentclinician.com and see how I can support you too. Until then, thank you for listening to this episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast, and I'll see you next week. Have been toying with the idea of starting a private practice for some time now. So even being a full-time working mom, it was really nice to have a system that was all set up for me. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel or start from scratch. And I was able to land a client within about the first week and a half of me going public with my private practice. So now I have 12 clients. It is such an invigorating and amazing experience. If you want help to start your speech therapy private practice, then head on over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist so that you will be notified as soon as we reopen the doors to the Start Your Private Practice system. Again, that's startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist. I cannot wait to help you start your private practice. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. 
head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.